I'm probably pronouncing his name incorrectly, yeah. but that's okay. It's probably also Joffrey. Joffrey. Is it spelled Joffrey? Yeah, it's spelled Joffrey, and but I know sometimes it's Jeffrey, and sometimes it's like... Yeah. I, the, the Jeffs are very confusing to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Book Jar Podcast, where both me and my friend Megan discuss book-related news and topics on a bi-weekly basis. My name is Marissa, and as I mentioned, I'm with Megan. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing really good, actually, because uh, we didn't have a question by Alicia to make (laughs) us write an essay. (laughs) It's true. It's actually a nice week to just uh, take it easy. Chill, yeah. Um, Full disclosure, we're recording this ahead of time. Mm Mm-hmm. That doesn't make any difference to your listening ears. I just felt like being very honest. (laughs) Uh, We're going to be talking about in this episode, normally we would have a topic pulled from our jar, but if you listen to the last episode, uh, you'll know that we are going to just be talking about kind of a a yearly or mid-year catch-up. So we're going to be um, checking into our book goals and how we're doing on those. And then we're going to be talking about some of our favorite reads, well, mostly our favorite reads from the year so far, and then... We each have a couple not-so-faves. Mm-hmm. We're calling them our lowest rated. We're not saying we hated them. No, we didn't hate them. We're not saying they're bad. Yeah, just lowest rated. For us, the lowest rated. Yeah. And we have reasons, but a lot of that is just personal personal opinion yes. as well. So yes. let's start with a check-in about uh, book goals. Yeah, I like that. Let's do it. Because uh, we want to have recent reads either for the reason that's why we mentioned that we pre-recorded this because we haven't read any new books that's not true actually i have but you have i'm uh, still going all right through mine. <laughs> um we've talked about it in previous podcasts but just for the record here uh we both have uh the story graph accounts mm-hmm. uh so we're using data from that app to actually kind of fuel this podcast in a way uh, but if you want to go follow us, uh, my username is Maddie Dancer, all one word. And uh, I'm Sailor Megan, all one word. <laughs> Which is so funny because I've gone through a Sailor Moon obsession this year. Yeah. And I bet you if I hadn't already like committed myself to the username Maddie Dancer everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I would be Sailor Marissa too. I would Aww, commit to that. Maybe I should just, I just that, make the jump. I've had that for a while. I just love it. It's cute. <laughs> All right, Sailor Megan, what was your book goal for this year? So my book goal was 30 books to read. Okay, and how are you doing on that? Well, I'm at 50%. 50% is great. That's what we want. Yeah, we're at 50% of the year. So I've read 15 books, and I'm ahead by two books, according to Storygraph. So that must be half some relation to the time and the yeah I don't know well we're not quite we're not quite (laughs) midway through like at the end of June true would be the half of the year right so if I don't read any more books by the end of June you're still like on track track. yeah how about you I had 52 books so a book a week was my goal yeah mostly because it will never average out to a book a week it'll be like (laughs) five books one week and no books for three weeks yeah uh so I'm at 27 books Damn. Which is 52%. Mm-hmm. And according to the story graph, I am ahead by four books, which makes me feel very happy because I do have little measures of time where I like forget to read more yeah. than anything else. And so I like having that little like buffer. Yeah. And honestly, I like looking at the you're ahead by two books, then like the percentage. Makes, it makes you feel really good. Yeah. Right? I like that. Like the percentage is like, oh, that's cool. I'm 50% down. But yeah. like to be like, no, you're actually ahead. I don't think that's before cool. today I've ever actually looked at the percentage. I've literally yeah. looked at the like the little message because the message changes depending on how far ahead you are. Right. Yeah. Like, what's yours right now? Mine says, brilliant. Yeah. You're ahead by two books. When you're, like, not ahead, it's like, good job. You're right on track. Yeah. And that sent an instant panic to my heart when I saw it one time this year. I was like, it's oh, like my God. It's a positive thing. And you're like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> um, I also have a pages goal. So I had 18,000 pages for the year. I have read 10,465 pages. Uh, which is 2,673 pages ahead of schedule. 
which brings me to 58% done my goal. I'm just laughing because your current pages is more than my whole goal for the oh, year. Really? <laughs> my goal for pages is 10,000. That's a good goal, though. Like, it's a good goal. Like, and it makes sense with, like, how many books I'm planning on reading. Yeah. But it's just funny because you've already exceeded my yearly goal. <laughs> I have not seen this one. At the beginning of the year, it was a little bit close. Mm-hmm. Like, I kept going back and forth between being ahead and, like, being on track and then being a little bit behind. And it, it was so funny because it would be like, you're behind by four pages. And I'm like, that sounds so passive-aggressive. <laughs> yeah, like, um, what are you doing? What are you, you be doing? I, I, we're going to get to this later. I've read a couple that were pretty pretty thick, juicy yeah. books. Yeah. So that really buffed that up a little bit. So. For sure. And, like, for me, like, I'm at 51%. And, like, it looks like I'm just over 50, like, the 51% mark for pages goals. But then it's like, fantastic, you were ahead by 775 pages. And to <laughs> me, that makes me feel good. Because that's, yes. like, that's, like, a thick book That's ahead. one thick book that's ahead. one thick book ahead. And I'm, like, proud of myself for that. So I do, I do uh, like the story graph for that to make me <laughs> feel better. <laughs> yes, I agree. All right. So the story graph also breaks it down into several other categories. Uh, so our next category is moods. I don't want to go too much into this because there's a lot of information here yeah. on mine. Um, what is what I, I'm just going to ask, what are your like biggest, what do you want to do? Two or three categories? Yeah. Let's do okay. that. Yeah. What are your biggest three categories on this little pie chart? Adventurous is my top one. I've read okay. seven books that are adventurous. Okay. Um, Dark is my next one. I love it. <laughs> and then my last one's lighthearted. <laughs> so kind of all opposite. There's there. balance. That's what yeah. I heard. There's balance. So I'm actually with you as well. So the adventurous is my top category with 14 books. Wow. But it's like a quarter of my pie chart. <laughs> wow. Okay, mine's yeah. not a quarter. <laughs> yeah. And then followed very narrowly behind that one is emotional. Mm-hmm. Emotional. Emotional damage. Um, (laughs) And then my next one is much smaller. Uh, So emotional has 12. And my last one is reflective, Mm -hmm. which is six. And that's how I, that would have been how I would have guessed. Yeah. Like without looking. I would have been like, I've read a lot of like fantasy adventure. So that's going to be pretty high. But I've also read like a lot of classics and stuff. And they tend to be either tagged as like reflective. Mm Mm-hmm or hopeful or emotional yeah so I feel like that's kind of balanced it out yeah I'm kind of surprised like I thought I probably have more like kind of funny more lighthearted. I didn't think you would (laughs) I feel like I read more of those this year than I do any other year so that's probably why oh I see yeah yeah, like you know like to me I was like oh I read like some cute rom-coms and stuff like that but yeah I feel like more dark yeah, but I think it's one of those things where, like, even if you have a book where it has really funny passages, mm-hmm. if it also has, like, dark scenes or intense scenes or anything else, like, they tend to get overshadowed. That's true. That's a good point. Like, I'm thinking of how many books, like, kind of made me, like, giggle, but then I didn't want to take them as funny because they, like, weren't funny. They weren't that funny, yeah, overall. That's yeah. true. That makes sense. I've read a lot that were like that. But if a book makes you cry once, it's sad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I teared up. So. I teared up. <laughs> All right, how's your pacing with your books? Pacing, so my slow is 20%. That's my least amount of pace, which, oh, okay. to be honest, that works for me because I don't like slow yeah. paces. Medium's my biggest one, 47%, and then fast is my 30 My little pie chart is hilarious, so it is perfectly evenly split between... <laughs> medium and fast and then there's a small little pie (laughs) for slow which is a little surprising to me because some of them I thought started off slow yeah um but slow I've only read three that were a slow pacing Mm -hmm. um I've read 12 that were fast or medium pacing okay so yeah I've read like same 12 that were fast or medium and then my slowest is three so yeah I don't know I don't, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't really know what to do with these two top categories, to be honest. Like, it's just, I look at them and I'm like, that's nice. Yeah, like, I don't really notice it. Like, I, for me, when I think of, like, the piece of a book, it's like, how easy was it for me to read? Yeah. Where, versus, like, I'm sure this is, like, a whole collective, like, story graph community thing yes. on here. 
So like, I'm like, okay, like I feel like I've probably read more fast books than what's on here. And yeah. Like, to me, what I thought was fast. So I kind of agree. I, I never say to someone, oh, you should read this book, but you know, it has a slow pace. Like, I don't say that. Yeah. That's not my, that's not my. <laughs> that would be very sweet. That'd be like Megan's in trouble. She told me to read a book because it's slow. Yeah. Or even if it's fast, like I'm not gonna be like, it's such a fast read. Like I'd be like an easy read or like a like a addicting. Addicting. Like yeah. you can't put it down read. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Uh page number. My page number. So I So for the record, anyone who doesn't have the story graph app, this is the amount of pages averaged up by your books so mm-hmm. the categories are under 300 pages mm-hmm. um books between 300 to 499 pages and the books 500 and over yeah so I have the majority of mine are under the 300 and I think that's because I've read a few novellas this year yes and like just smaller kind of like romance books and stuff like that um I only have three in the 500 plus and those ones are The Poppy War, The Dragon Republic, and The Battle mm-hmm. of Songbirds and Snakes. So those are all kind of like those bigger like fantasy reads. Yeah. Reads. And everything else is between three hundred four ninety nine. And honestly, like that's kind of what I gravitate towards mostly. Yeah. What about you? I have fifty two percent at three hundred to four ninety nine. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. that's my biggest category. This changes for me every single year. Yeah. So I've had years where I've read mostly, like, poetry novels. So it's been, like, a vast majority under oh, 300. Because it's yes. very rare that you're yeah. going to get, like, a poetry book that is, like, over 300 pages. Like, that's a lot of poems. Yeah. Like, it's great, but, like, that's just a lot of poetry. Yeah. Um, And so, but this year I've been mostly, like, very, like, fiction, adventure stuff. And that tends to be just in that nice little range there. Um. As well as some like nonfiction books, which also kind of tend, unless they're poetry, yeah, just kind of in that medium range. I do have a six over 500 and seven under 300. So those are very similar categories. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Fiction and nonfiction ratios. Um, You know, no nonfictions. I have have two nonfictions. So 13% of. Oh my God, same. What did you read? I read a book of poetry. Okay. Which is nonfiction. And I read The Anthropocene Reviewed by John Green, right. which is also nonfiction. And the rest, so it's 7% nonfiction and 93% fiction. Yeah. And I think that just like. That's, that's pretty normal that's for me. It's normal well. for me too. Like, honestly, it would probably be less. Like, I probably have no nonfiction if I wasn't like. Doing this. Doing this and, like, trying to branch out and stuff like that, so. And, I mean, people read what they read, so it's not a not a huge deal. Let's talk about our top five genres. That's good. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. I'll, I'm going to start with this one. So, young adult and romance <laughs> yeah. are the leads for me, uh, both at eight. Okay, I have romance and contemporary, which is at five for me. And those each. are, like, tied, yeah. They're tied, tied yeah. Uh, surely in behind I have fantasy at seven. Oh, I have young adult. Yes. Okay. And then fantasy. They're both at four for me, though. Okay. And then I have my last two are tied, which is science fiction and contemporary. Oh. Which is very strange for me. That is very... six each. Interesting. Yeah. That's pretty good, though. I, my last one is historical. That's random. That was, like, so weird for me, but I mean... Like, I'm just looking at it, and honestly, like, my goal, one of my other reading goals was, like, to try to do a different genre yeah. each book. And, like, some of them were, you know, like, yeah, like, I have a high young adult and I have a high romance, but I read books that weren't necessarily romance, but they but they were a different genre than I'm used to. Yeah. So, like, yeah, like, historical, like, I read more of those than I probably read, like, right. last year. You know, I've read some graphic novels, which I haven't read. And obviously, like, I read a graphic novel that was romance. Um, and then some memoirs and stuff like that. So I just think, I don't know, I'm kind of liking my genres because I got a whole bunch of them. Yeah. I want to give a shout out to my next category, which is LGBTQ <laughs> at four. And I actually, oh, I'm good. curious because I don't. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, this all makes sense. 
<laughs> I was like, I don't remember. The only one that came to mind when I saw it was Light from Uncommon Stars. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, there, there are four. So, uh, Beautifully Foolish Endeavor by Hank Green, uh, Iron Widow by Jiren Zhao, and The Light from Uncommon Stars by Rika Aoki, and The Priory of the Orange Tree by Samantha Shannon, which I actually forgot was. It's just kind of like, it's the, in. It's the it's, novel. Yeah. <laughs> they don't make, like... It didn't feel like a huge yeah. focus, I guess. Yeah. Um, like, it is, but it isn't. Um, in the way, and same with Hank Green's novel, like, it's just kind of there, which is nice. It's refreshing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. All right. And then uh, we got formats, which I'll just talk about really quickly for me. So 78% print and 22% digital. That's actually really unusual for me. I usually don't read that many digital books, but um, a lot of people have been recommending books to me really quickly. And you've been like, hey, I love this book and I want to talk about it in detail. So can you read it? And <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, and I don't have the physical format. And you're like, I don't have a format. So I like have been just kind of, it's just a little bit easier. Yeah. Um, which is great. Um, I don't have any audio. I, yeah, like I have 67% print, 33% digital. I did start some audio books, but I never really finished them. So they're just not on here yet. And I, yeah. That's they're just still, they're just waiting to be finished, which they probably they're never just waiting will be. for you to hit play. <laughs> <laughs> they're just sitting there. They are. They are. Um, do you have any most read authors? Um, RF Kuang, the author of Poppy Works. Yes. I read obviously two books from her series. Yeah. Um, that that's the top because I haven't. I've been changing it up. Um, I have three. Ooh, and they're tied at two books apiece. <laughs> and you're gonna laugh. Colleen Hoover, Ooh. Jane Austen, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and Mary Lou, because that was for oh, Mary yeah. Lou, because I yeah, because you just finished. Her I just finished little duology. Her little duology, and then there's another chart that I have no idea. I just I, I kind of want to talk about what's your most and least read month so far, because my mine's February for the most, and my least productive month in terms of reading was May. Okay um books read so most I've read is four books and I I have January March and May and the least I've read was February when I only read one book I think you were busy so (laughs) work picked up for me in May okay so that's why that that one dropped and that was at three books and I had six books in February so like I halved it yeah. Which is not terrible. That's not bad. I think for me, February was when I probably started reading, like, The Poppy War or something that was, like, a bigger yeah. book for me. And I was just trying to, like, get in the groove. Whereas, like, all those other months, I probably just read, like, shorter, mm-hmm. easier reads. Plus, February is shorter. So, like, you know. Yeah, I didn't have enough days I didn't have to enough read days, that extra book why. that I wanted to. <laughs> all right. And the last category actually really nicely leads us into our kind of next section here. So, our average rating mm-hmm. of books. So, I haven't put all my reviews into the story graph which is terrible and I need to catch up on that <laughs> but right now it's sitting at a 4.13 okay which is pretty nice it's pretty nice it's such a random um and it definitely number. ranges from a two star book to a five star book Ooh, I average rating of 4.25 stars mm-hmm. and my lowest is 3.0 and highest is 5.0 nice. okay so let's talk about some of those five star reads Okay, do you want to start or should I? I start. Okay. So my first five star, and it might be my only five star. I don't know. <laughs> but for this purpose, it's the only one that I have on here. And it's the Annual Migration of Clouds by Creamy Mohammed. Okay. And that was that novella I read last month in May. And it's by a Canadian author. And it's just, it was good. Okay. So <laughs> it was good. So read it. It's good. Just read it. That's my review. Um <laughs> No, I really enjoyed, like, the author's writing quality on that one. Um, she really showed how to do, how, like, a damaged, futuristic world looks with climate right. change with, with it still being realistic. Like, it was very, like, it just felt like, okay, this could literally happen any day. And, like, it just made sense with how yeah. how she was able to write it. She really had a good way of also, like, having common phrases and, like, she just made it so cute. Like, for example, the two main characters, Reed and Henrik, like, they have such a, like, 
believable friendship and she did this thing where like a lot of common phrases we have now like they know about them in the future but they just they're like why did they say that like why would they say like see you later alligator for example like that oh they, yeah. she says has that so their little thing would be like uh alligator i'll see you in some undetermined time in the future like they just played around with it that's it was cute actually cute, and i just loved it i just thought it was so clever and yeah she had a good way of writing about like hope and change and all of that so anyways i guess i should talk about what it's about i didn't do that that's okay i <laughs> actually like you kind of did touch on like the futuristic society the climate and, change yeah honestly that's basically and i think that's good because like also like i want people to like, and I know you want this too, is, like, to leave this podcast with some recommendations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was good. Do you think that the writing was the thing that you enjoyed the most? Or was it, like, the characters or okay. something else? It was, like, everything. Okay. Because I did give mostly all, everything 5 out of 5. The only thing I didn't give 5 out of 5 was the post-reading rating. Which I actually never count in my final rating anyway. It's always just, like... Oh, that's a good point. I, I don't know why... I didn't either. No, no, actually, no. It's good, to, it it's good to know, though. Like, I, I, what I want people to take away from that, because I made a big deal about how we had to include it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what I want people to take away from that is, like, the desire of when to read it, right? Because, like, mm-hmm. there's sometimes where I want to read a book that I'm going to finish and I'm going to feel good about. Yeah. And then sometimes I'm okay if I read a book and it's a little bit frustrating at the end, but that was the point. Yeah. That's true. And I didn't want that to, like, taint the rest of our review, either, like, being, like, oh, like, the ending made me feel really angry, even though that was supposed to be mm-hmm. how it made you feel, but then it, like, tainted the rest of it, because, like, you left this bad impression. So just categorizing it out has really helped me. Yeah. And also, like, I would love to know that, because sometimes I, I really do want just a cheerful read. That's true. That's a good point. Like, I think for this, like, and sometimes when I have a post-reading rating of that's lower it's because i just like literally didn't like one thing that they didn't describe more like it's just something like so yeah i guess like other than just kind of how i felt at the end like everything was good like which was like a post-apocalyptic world like i would expect to not feel great at the end of it potentially but surprisingly this one is instead of feeling like oh that's so sad and depressing like she really like really wrote about the hope that these this especially the main right. character has yeah. and like this community has and like even though they were upset that she's leaving her community they were so supportive of her in the end and she mm-hmm. really did a good job describing that so I think yeah like overall really good novella and I'm, I'm glad I read it recommend for anyone who loves climate fiction dystopian all that perfect Okay, I want to recommend one I, I actually just read recently. Uh, it's Before the Coffee Gets Cold by Toshi Kazu Kawaguchi and translated by Jeffrey Truzolo. I'm probably pronouncing his name incorrectly, <laughs> yeah. but that's okay. It's probably also Joffrey. Joffrey. Is it spelled Joffrey? Yeah, it's spelled Joffrey, and, but I know sometimes it's Jeffrey and sometimes it's like... Yeah. I, the, the Jeffs are very confusing to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm so sorry if I butchered the translator's name there. I, that was not my intention. I I really love this book. So it's magical realism. Mm-hmm. So and I talked about this in the last podcast because I I just read it, but it is about a cafe in which you can travel back or forward through time. And the really interesting thing about this plot is like it's this kind of myth. Like there's like this urban myth about the cafe, and so when people go there. They're like, oh, like, we can travel through time. Like, is that true? And they're and the, all the workers are like, yeah, but there's a whole bunch of rules. Mm-hmm. And I won't go into all the rules, but a couple of them, which kind of dissuade a lot of people, is you can only be in the cafe and you have to remain in one seat. And if you get up from the seat, uh, you will be forced back to your place in time. Mm. So you have to stay in that seat no matter what. Uh, you can't change the past. So no matter what you say, no matter what you do, no matter what happens in the past, uh, the present will remain the same. Mm-hmm. They don't quite explain if that's applicable for the future as well. Like if you could potentially alter it. I don't know if they don't really know because it's kind of disgusting. Most people don't go into the future for right. certain reasons. And you can only visit somebody who's been in that cafe because you can't leave the cafe. Right. Okay. And then the last rule is, is that you have to drink. So they pour you a cup of coffee. 
and you have to finish the coffee before it gets cold or else you are stuck in the past as a ghost. Oh, that's freaky. Yeah, so like high that. risk, low reward. Yeah, what? <laughs> For a lot of people. <laughs> and I don't know if you're like kind of the same with me hearing those rules and like lots of people apparently enter the cafe and then they're, they're like, I don't want to do this because like it's not worth it because I can't change the past and that would be kind of their main yeah. motivation. And my first thought was like, seeing people I loved who are no longer here like that was my first thought yeah and that's what a lot of people who do end up choosing to go back have that kind of story where they're trying to revisit something specific and not they aren't actually they don't want to change anything they just want to be in that moment again it was so gorgeous like Mm -hmm. it was such a gorgeous idea because it was so simple and like I honestly believe I could walk down Tokyo and like find this cafe just hidden in this little basement and like all these characters felt like real people like they didn't feel like characters at all they just felt like people going about their lives and there was this beautiful way that the cafe kind of felt alive but without it feeling unrealistic at Mm -hmm. all like I honestly believe this could be a real place oh wow and you know like it just had that kind of focus um yeah and it's divided into four kind of short stories almost or sections uh focusing on different characters but they carry over throughout the stories as well so there's just this nice kind of tie-in. Like, I just highly recommend this. It is a little sad. Yeah. So I will say that. Like, I gave it a five-star post reading rating because it leaves with an element of hope. But there are definitely some very tense and intense moments in the story. And it does deal with things, obviously, like death and chronic illness and um, all that kind of stuff that goes with that. So there's some content warnings there, but really good read. Oh, you make me want to read it. Honestly, like I saw that book and I was like, oh, this looks like it would be a beautiful book. And then when I read the description, I was like, it's either going to be like super boring or, <laughs> or super like, yeah. sad and like, I don't know. So like, it was it was hopeful. Yeah, I will say it was sad. It was definitely sad. It definitely had parts where I was like, oh, that hurts. Yeah. Like it actually like really but it was done in a way that was so beautiful at the same time. Um, but I had the same impression because I didn't think that was what it was going to be about. Yeah. So I, like, picked it up on my, like, hobo. And then, like, I was like, ah, uh, I thought this was going to be, like, a love story. Like, that was, for some reason, that was where my mind went with, like, a cafe. And then there was, like, magical realism. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to like this. Mm-hmm. And it kind of started off a little bit confusing. Okay. So that's kind of maybe my one note. Um. But it it got really clear really quickly, and it had to be confusing because of the magic in it. It just, like, it makes sense once you get into it. But for the first, like, two pages, I was like, oh, God, I'm going to hate it. (laughs) (laughs) But then it was 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 tremendous. Well, that's good. I'm glad you you found it. Do you have any other five stars? I have another one. I'm going to talk about it really quickly. Sure. Uh, So The Anthropocene Reviewed by John Green. Uh, I actually have a note. I haven't published this on our Instagram account, but there will be a note at the front of it just because I don't think I can review a John Green book without an absurd amount of bias. Mm -hmm. And I think you know this, but I just want to say, like, I know a lot of people aren't huge fans of his writing, and that's fine. I always have been. Like, I think he writes in a way that I've always hoped my internal dialogue would sound if I said it out loud. Like, very, like... And it's, like, stupidly poetic for no reason. But, like... That's how I narrate my life sometimes. <laughs> so yeah. I just feel like this kind of kinship to like just the voice itself. Yeah. And this is a book of reviews, which I thought was really cool. So he reviews a variety of things like Canada geese and a song that he once heard and like coronavirus and yeah. like all this stuff. He's very frank with his reviews. So he just says he blurts out things like at one point and this is kind of a spoiler but not really because he just blurts it out in the middle of one of the reviews he's writing about a place that he went with his friend and he's just like she's dead now like just so you know she's dead and I read that and I was like oh okay so he's Mm -hmm. very direct and he tries to take that direct approach while also being poetic which I just think the balance in the review format works really well Mm -hmm. um so if you're looking for something that is going to make you laugh and cry and feel silly but hopeful and kind of all at the same time, definitely pick up this one. Mm-hmm. I don't usually cry during books, like when I'm reading books. Like, like I can get really sad, but I don't yeah, usually like cry. Tear up or anything. And I wept 
twice. Really? Oh. <laughs> At different points on different days. Aww. And he, like, it was just like single lines and I was like, now I'm like ugly crying. Yeah. Do you think it's like, well, obviously like his writing skills, but do you think it was just like that sudden change that he has within yeah, there so that you were like, oh, I wasn't that, expecting that. Yeah, definitely some of the contrast. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a little bit of a spoiler, but the one line he wrote in the review where he mentioned that his friend had died. Uh, it was kind of funny, but also, like, very sad because he remembers talking to her on the phone and when she told him that she she had a terminal illness. And he said he wanted to say all these beautiful things. <laughs> it was like, this is what I should have said. Mm-hmm. And what he said was, but you do so much yoga, <laughs> which is hilarious. In a very inappropriate way. Oh, for sure. Like, it's just, like, not what she wanted to hear. It's not what he wanted to say. It was just mm-hmm. one of those, like, very human moments. Yeah. And I just, like, that one was a little bit of a personal thing where I read that and I was like, and then he went on to kind of explain how he felt after he said that and, like, all this stuff. And I just cried. And oh, I yeah. cried a little bit for him, but I cried a lot for me. Mm-hmm. So it it had that moment there was another moment where I think a lot of people may cry but it is the frankness it is the directness and it's the like sudden change as you said like yeah. the shift yeah which is good like sometimes you need to read books that are like that'll like you can relate to and they don't sugarcoat things yeah and that was like very present throughout like there was no sugarcoating mm-hmm um, there was a lot of discussion of a lot of different reasons why certain things are bad and good and frustrating and awful and why, like, he has a whole fucking review about grass <laughs> and how grass is really stupid <laughs> and, like, the fact that we have lawns is really stupid and how much he hates grass. Yeah. But also, like, all the reasons it came to be and then, like, personal, like, anecdotes about his neighbor like complaining about how much he doesn't mow his lawn which I relate to a lot yeah (laughs) so it was just like really human moments like if you if you're feeling frustrated with life or like maybe frustrated with the state of the world which I feel like a lot of people right now do like it felt very like refreshing because he didn't lie to me Mm -hmm. he didn't try to convince me it was better than it was Mm -hmm. he just saw the good where it did exist that it was a really good line. I didn't write that. That's like, <laughs> wow. Where's our quote section? Yeah, no Let's put it somewhere. Marissa Charbeck. Marissa Charbeck about John. Green. Yeah, about John Green specifically. Um, I do have another five star. <laughs> um, I promise it was gonna be quick with that one. I didn't work out. Light from Uncommon Stars by Rika Aoki. So this is another five star with like a little asterisk on the end. Um, this is a book, and I've talked about it before. But it combines aliens and demons, and there is a transgendered violinist, like violin prodigy, and then there's a violin teacher who basically like is famous and also doesn't exist in any archive ever mm-hmm. anywhere. Mm-hmm. And it's just there's magical violins, and like it's a wild ride. And I'm so impressed because it all worked. And I just, I think that that's one of my biggest takeaways from this book. If you're looking for something that's just absurd and beautiful mm-hmm. and well-written with like characters, everything, this this is as good as it's going to get. I will say the ending, I feel like maybe got away from the author a little bit because it felt like things wrapped up in a way that didn't fully make sense to me. Right. So there was a couple plot holes that felt a little bit like, Really? Like, we're leaving it with this? Yeah. Or, like, how was that even possible? Or why didn't you do that sooner? Like, you had all those questions, but I was, like, constantly forgiving the novel. Because I was like, I don't even care. Yeah. Like, there's something about this that doesn't sit right, and I don't care. Like, I I just don't care that there's a little bit of a plot hole. Like, yeah. it's fine. I love that. So, that's good. Like, that's good. I feel like you had a good uh, variety of five stars there. Thank you. There's a little yeah. bit of something for everyone. I actually have one more. <laughs> I'm oh, so sorry. No, that's okay. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna mention this one really quickly. Um, so Persuasion by Jane Austen. Oh, right. Yes. Just everything you would like in like a slow burn romance. Mm-hmm. So this is one that I will say, like, I would recommend it with the asterisk of like you have to be okay with a slow start. Yeah. It is a very slow-paced novel. And it's worth it. It's worth it in the end. Absolutely. It's actually not one of her slowest ones either. It's much shorter than most of them, oh. which was kind of nice. Mm-hmm. 
but it still does start off very, very slow. Um, and you kind of build up to the point, but it was such a good story, such beautiful writing and like great characters. And I love Jane Austen. So this is, this is just kind of another five star there. See, still adding to the variety of your five stars. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Yeah, they are kind of all over the place. They are, which is, which is good though. Yeah. It kind of like shows what kind of reader you are and everything. Person I am. Person you are. (laughs) Crazy. Anything else before I cut you off again? Uh, no, those were no, those were all of my five okay. stars. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Wait. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. And then there's me with one five star. Like clearly, I just hate everything. No, you just haven't found your books this year. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You're saving them all for the second half. Like it's like your dessert. Yes. Yes. Watch me have just one star reads till the end of the year now, <laughs> and just like miserable reading. Like I hate this book, but I gotta finish it for the goals. Yeah. Anyways, so my next one is a four point seven five star. Okay. And that was We Were Liars by E. Lockhart, which I know I you just finished. Just finished, <laughs> which I'm super excited about. Okay, really quickly before we get started, are you going to be spoiling anything in this review? I'm gonna try not to. Okay, but. So if you are looking at reading this book or you haven't read this book, the whole purpose of this book is you're really not, like, don't spoil it. Yeah. So I would just like to say, and I'll I'll go through, I'll do the work of putting in the timestamp of when you can actually (laughs) skip to, but check our description. There should be a timestamp there when you can skip to and it'll be safe and you won't hear anything about this book Mm because we might spoil a thing or two more than we intend to. Yeah, yeah. Or we might even give you expectations, which you're also supposed to not go into this book with. Yes, yes. Yeah, I like that. So anyways, continuing, I... I love this book. I think I said in the last podcast, it was probably like one of those books that I just finished reading and I was like, holy crap, like it's just so good. Yeah. I loved the writing. I thought that E. Lockhart's way of like doing her first person narrative was just so like, I thought it was very poetic. It's very fluid. It was just so beautiful. And then you would just get hit out of nowhere with like this very descriptive staccato like Mm -hmm. description of something and you were like whoa like I thought I was just reading a chill book and then now you're you're telling me like okay this is at the very beginning of the book but you're telling me her dot her dad shot her but then you're like actually he didn't shoot her that's her the character's feelings coming through like that's how she felt in that moment and I just was like I haven't read a lot of authors or stories it's, like that. It's so. really common with like those in this like literary contemporary novels where you have something that's not actually happening. Mm-hmm. But like and we understand that it's not actually happening. I will say I just want to jump in here really quickly and I'm gonna sure. be brief with this. The writing in this book and the display of control around the literary devices mm-hmm. used and also the tone and the voice the mood and all, just the sentence structure yeah was stunning and i mm-hmm. haven't seen it in a book that is this and this makes me sound very like hipster and like <laughs> patronizing yeah but one that is so publicly read yeah. and like lauded over and i was kind of surprised at like like the ability of mm-hmm. the writer mm-hmm. for like i was just kind of stunned at like how well written it was yeah I did have my own personal clips with it. Yeah. Which I don't want to get into today. But yeah, like the writing, like just technically and artistically so fabulous. Yeah. And I think like I didn't have too much expectations going into it either. And I think, yeah, because it was just like it was one of those things like, oh, it's like a young adult book. Like all these people are loving it. But like, is it really that good? Like, you know, like it's just kind of like judging it before I read it. And just, like, a quick summary, like, it's about a a young woman, like, she's 17, so she goes to this island with her family year after year. She has a group of friends, cousins, they all hang out, and then one year, uh, something happens to her, and the following year, she's kind of figuring out, like, what it was. Like, she's just kind of, like, that unreliable character who has some memory loss, 
she's trying to figure out everything that's happening and you're along for the ride with her. One of the best unreliable narrators I've read in a while. And I would love, I, I'm starting to get into it. I'm going to put a pin in this because I would love to do this. And we've talked about it a lot recently, but eventually we do want to start like a book club. And like, this could be like the first one. Because the amount of shit I have to say about this yeah, book actually, is that's a good idea. phenomenal. So I won't, I won't talk about too much of about it then because yeah. if that's kind of what our plan is then yeah then we can actually like spoil stuff and talk yeah, about yeah because I want to talk in great detail I mm-hmm. will say like and I'm stealing your thunder here but the writing the characters and the plot all tremendous yeah I but, like the writing was like I wanted to give it like six out of five stars like yeah. I was just kind of stunned at like the control yeah which is good like it's good to s- hear your perspective on it because you do have that like formal training and background and you recognize that stuff more whereas for me I was like I noticed it and I loved it the writing but I didn't subconscious yeah and I was like I didn't really understand why it was you loved it I loved it and and I just it just had all the feelings and I felt them I felt them (laughs) I felt the feelings that was feeling in the felt felt (laughs) but not in a way that they had to tell you what to feel yeah, exactly. Which was the like immaculate part about reading it. Very, very good. Uh, definitely check it out. Um, and then we will, we will do a. I recommend that one. We will for literally do everyone. So. <laughs> Just read it. <laughs> don't look at the young adult title and get like. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. I. It didn't see, feel like a young adult no. read. It was kind of like a par with Big Little Lies. I don't know if you've ever read that book. I haven't, actually. But that's, like, kind of, there was, like, a huge <laughs> we following. Were, we were liars. Big level yeah, liars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I couldn't think of it for a second. <laughs> but, yeah. So I feel like that's more of the adult genre that a lot of people gravitate towards. Yeah. Where, so I feel like if you are interested in that kind of a book, you'd be interested in me. We're liars. So. Yeah. Okay. So that was a 4.75 star read for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked a lot recently. Did you have another 4.75? I don't. I just have a couple 4.5. Okay, I have a couple 4.75 naturally. Okay, go ahead. Um, so, <laughs> uh, Daughter of the Moon Goddess by Suli, Su Lin Tan. This focuses on Chinese mythology um, or is inspired by Chinese mythology um, in which you're literally following the Daughter of the Moon Goddess mm-hmm. and her quick whirlwind into the world of the gods is kind of a good way to describe it without giving away like anything <laughs> at all. She's nobody really knows she's exist she exists, so she's attempting to free her mother as well from imprisonment, which I'm going to just stop talking there because I feel like I'm gonna accidentally spoil something. I'll say like the the writing and the characters were stunning. I personally like my only like hold back with giving this five stars because like I recommend I've recommended this to so many people like it's I like it should almost have five stars yeah but I thought that the beginning was a little bit rushed and the beginning was actually where I felt like I could tell that this was from a debut author it just felt like she really wanted to dive into her idea instead of like having and I don't want to say the confidence like she doesn't write with confidence because she does throughout the novel but I wanted her to give us like patience at the beginning so I could understand where our main character had started mm-hmm. because there was a lot that changed really quickly. Okay. Um, the good news with that is, is it's not a slow start. Like you start basically kind of right before shit hits the fan, mm-hmm. which is a nice feeling, but it was like, I either wanted to start right in the middle of shit hitting the fan or I wanted a little bit of like a moment to get, my toes wet yeah that's like a really picky thing it was a tremendous novel pick it up just for the reason to have it on your shelf also it's such a beautiful cover like definitely read it I'm not saying don't read it. <laughs> yeah but like pick it up today yeah because while you're waiting to read it it's beautiful yeah. like it's just a beautiful looking novel and it was a beautifully written novel as well oh that's nice yep and then I have Laura Olympus <laughs> Which I feel like I've talked about so much. (laughs) So, Laura Olympus by Rachel Smith. This is a graphic novel. It follows the story of Persephone and Hades in a kind of modern retelling. Uh, Technically, it still takes place, like, in ancient Greece. Mm -hmm. But that's in the real world. So, like, Olympus and the underworlds have modern technology, which is a really cool contrast. I love that, yeah. It's beautifully drawn like stunning to own as well 
Uh, I The only quip I kind of had with this one was like, I wanted a little bit more reason for us to focus on other characters because mm-hmm. there were several sections that focused heavily on other characters. Now, that being said, like, that was just volume one, and I've read the rest of the webtoon online as far as it's come out. And it makes more sense as she goes on. But just from, like, the volume one perspective, it is a little bit like, I don't really want to see Hera. Like, I want to see, like, where is Hades? Like, it just felt a little bit weird that we were, like, jumping around. But it makes sense within the whole structure of the story. Yeah, for sure. But it's a little bit jarring when you're just reading that first one. Definitely some sexual assault and harassment content warnings for this one though okay good to know okay you had a four and a half star one i heard i have a four and a half star i've talked about this one before so i won't go into in depth but the ballad of songbirds and snakes by susan collins yes we all know i'm a simp for snow in <laughs> for, it for some reason <laughs> for some reason some there's some trauma some i don't know coming through with that i don't know but honestly it's just such a well-written book like how you were talking about like a debut author and kind of how you noticed that yeah maybe they're not like the writing isn't there or whatever but with Suzanne Collins like you just know it's going to be like well written like the plot so I mean it is a prequel to the Hunger Games yeah following President Snow before he was president and it was just to me I personally loved reading it because it was like you're just like diving back into the Hunger Games world and I loved the trilogy you really get to see like well done characterization writing quality mm-hmm. overall story is amazing like she never has like loose ends or plot holes like that I felt like I just I definitely recommend it for people who love the Hunger Games the thing I didn't love necessarily with it was like the plot only because she had a lot of interesting subplots going on yeah and she ne- she didn't have the time to like explore them explore them and that's why I'm like I would love it if there's more prequels that had like those subplots intertwined yeah and I mean she might be setting herself up for that as well that's a strategy even just to be able to like sell it to like publishers be like well like this is like here all these ideas and yeah like and if she did that I'd be all over it so I yeah that's my 4.5 star rating for that one nice do you have another one I have two more I won't get too much into them um emma by jane austen was 4.5 i'll try not to go too much into this one we'll try not to go too much into it i i wanted to include that one because i think for me as someone who's not a classic novel reader it was a very good intro to it yes um and i definitely recommend it for anyone who's wanting to get into classics so i always tell the story that like jane Eyre was the minute i realized classics didn't have to feel boring Mm -hmm. would you say that that was kind of like a similar i would say yeah Yeah. it was like that for me like slow beginning Mm -hmm. but once you kind of understand like and i didn't understand a lot of things through like at the beginning and at the end I actually had to look up stuff and be like hey, why is this woman pregnant like I didn't realize she was pregnant like oh yes, 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 yes. yeah you know what I'm talking about <laughs> so yeah. like there's like things like that and like she does use um a lot of names like Mrs. whoever what oh it- yes that is actually a really confusing part so like yeah. the, like oh like these are the Mrs. Dashwoods, but then there's, like, Mrs. Dashwood, and then there's Ms. Dashwood, and then there's Miss Jane Dashwood. And, yeah. like, you, like, go through, and you it's one of those things where you're, like, if you're not paying attention, it can suddenly become yeah. very confusing. Yeah. And you kind of always do have to go back. Like, if you start getting confused about who's in the room, like, you just have to go back and just figure it out. Just go otherwise... back or look it up, or, like, for me, like, once I understood what she was doing with that, and I was fine. Yeah. Then I understood who the people were and everything like I know that. some of the novels actually come with, like, family trees at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And, like, character things. Similar to, like, Shakespearean plays, how they, like, outline all the characters yeah. and how they relate yeah. to each other. And I find that that can be helpful because there's just so many characters and so many people, like, that are named very similar as well. And I'm just like, I don't, you lost me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is, like, she sh- should have done that. But... You know, she's dead. So she can't, oh, there's she that. can't do anything about that. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so yeah, like definitely that was a really good book for me for this year that I was pleasantly surprised about. I like that. And you know what? The last one we don't have to talk about. Okay. Let's get to the worst ones. <laughs> I'm going to let you start this. Okay. <laughs> okay. So my least favorite, so not like a 
Yes. It wasn't horrible. Yeah, so I'm going to disclaimer this, and I'm going to disclaimer it again before I speak, because I chose a very popular novel. But this is not at all an indication of if you like the book. Like, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't like it. Mm -hmm. It's totally fine. This was just maybe something that, like... And it doesn't also mean, like, with your rating, I know it was, like, not the best, but, like, also you didn't hate it. Yeah. So I, I think just keep that in mind when you're listening to this. If this is these if these two novels are up there on your list or one of them is, that's totally fine. And I don't mean that in any like roundabout way either. Like you're allowed to like what you like, but also there's a reason you like it and yeah. we didn't. Yeah, for sure. All right. So mine is The Lost Daughter by Elena Ferrante. Ferrante? Ferrante? She's Italian. That's why I'm struggling with the last name there. <laughs> I'm going to go Ferrante. Ferrante. Be- because that sounds like it. Right. Yeah, it does sound <laughs> beautiful. Though. I mean, it is beautiful. But <laughs> I gave it 3.75 stars. Oh, that's so not a low rating. <laughs> I know. But for me, for what I've read, yes. it is. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that's why it's, like, my least favorite. Uh, it's translated by Anne Goldstein. It's kind of about this older woman who she's divorced her... Two daughters are grown up. They've moved away um, to the States to live with their dad. So she's mm-hmm. kind of on her own now. And she decides to go on this vacation. And she's kind of, it's kind of just her going through these thoughts of like, hey, like, I just, I feel so good that I don't, I don't have people depending on me right now. Like, I have yeah. all this freedom. I can do whatever I want. And while she's on vacation, she kind of latches on to this, this family that's there. And she just gets like obsessed with it. Like, she's just like always watching the one mom who has like a young daughter and she this young daughter has like a doll and Mm. she's just like very curious about them and kind of wants to be involved with them without actually being involved with them kind of a thing like she almost puts herself in situations where they have to talk to her yeah have to kind of like that so it's very different I personally gave it a lower rating because I was expecting this huge climax and it never came yeah because it is like, and that's just my expectations. Like, I was, like, how it was set up and how they were, like, oh, this family's actually, like, from a mob. It's, like, a mob family and oh, all this stuff. Yes, I was, like, she gonna get murdered. Like, I was, like, <laughs> really expecting the worst for this main character. I think that ties into just even, like, the types of books mm-hmm. that you read. Like, you read a lot of mystery. Oh, for sure. And, like, suspense. And so, like, I get that. Whereas, I like, as you're explaining this, I was, like, oh, this is a very, like... Oh, I've read so these books by, like... Oh, I can't think of her name. She's very famous. It's not Margaret Atwood, but it's another relative. Alice Monroe. Okay. So Alice Monroe writes a lot of stories like that where you're, like, waiting for the climax. Yes. And then it's just like, oh. Yeah. (laughs) But that's the point is it's just about, like, life. Yeah. But, like, if you're... The expectation. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I I wasn't expecting that. Like, I kind of was because it was definitely out of my typical genre. Yeah. And it's like, a, it's a shorter book. It's just a novella. It's only like roughly a hundred and some pages. Like it's short. So yeah, to me, I was like, oh, I really wish there was something where she, her life was at risk or like whatever. A was bit it more. Yeah. Like it wasn't the main conflict wasn't resolved with her talking to the mom and they were like, that's Shaking it. Hands. I, that's, <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm leaving because I'll never see you. This is a vacation spot. Like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it was just, it's just like, like okay. <laughs> like, it's a good book, but yeah, that's that was the only thing I didn't like. I feel it. like that's fair. Expectations are, like, the big thing. Yeah. That can really upset you, like, even if a book is technically fine. And I didn't even have huge expectations going in because of all those yeah. reasons. But once I, my mind was going and she, she was putting in little things that I'm like, oh, she could go this way. She could go this way with yeah. that. But, yeah. um, So I was not so kind (laughs) this was not i don't think an expectation issue uh this is going to be so my lowest rated book of this year so far is it ends with us by colleen hoover and i just want to preface this i know this is a very popular novel and if you like this novel and like don't want to hear this but want to finish listening to the end of the podcast i'll put in the timestamps for this one as well like i totally understand i am not shitting on anyone who likes this book and I'm definitely not shitting on like Colleen Hoover as a writer uh I've read some of her other like I read Verity as well and I thought it was better I wasn't in love with that one either but like I thought it was much better than this one I 
just didn't like it. And I have a lot of reasons why yeah. I didn't like it. So I'm going to go into that. But yeah, like this is like if you have a different opinion, that's cool. I'm not saying my opinion's right. This is just what I saw or what I read in the book. So I gave it uh, two stars, <laughs> which I actually feel like is a little bit generous. <laughs> uh, I gave the writing two and a half stars. So I just thought it was really poorly written. It wasn't unreadable. There was weren't a whole bunch of mistakes, but it was very poor writing. It was mostly exposition, which by that I mean it was her explaining what was happening rather than letting us feel. So she was doing a lot of showing, um, or rather a lot of telling and not showing. So that's like the famous saying, right? Show, don't tell. Like it was just telling, 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 telling. Mm -hmm. And there was one moment where she broke that and I noticed it. And like, I was like, oh, that's that's why I'm hating the writing because like the rest is exposition. And there was one moment where she didn't do that. I'm going to spoil the plot of this as well. So, like, it was a moment where our main character gets abused and she gets hit by who we are supposed to assume is the main love interest. Mm -hmm. That was the best writing in the book, was that scene. Which I feel like was probably, like, where she started, to be honest. Like, that was probably the first scene she wrote or something. Like That would make sense. Like, yeah. that was probably where the idea actually was. And everything around that was very disappointing yeah. for me. Uh, so I give the characters a one out of five. They're, these are all fl flat characters. <laughs> I, I like, legitimately, I I know there's a lot of people online who really love Lily and they love Atlas. And the thing is, is Atlas is really, like, not developed at all. Like, you mm -hmm. don't really know anything about yeah. him, except that he is a homeless boy at one point in the book where she's doing flashbacks. And... Then he owns a restaurant and he like went away and he was in the army. And like, that's what we know about him. But like, I don't know anything concrete about him. Mm -hmm. There wasn't anything concrete about him, except that he was a support system for Lily. Yeah. And Lily is the blankest main character I've ever read, which is fine. It was kind of like a self insert. Like you were kind of supposed to be like, like if this, <laughs> there's like that like fan fiction thing where you like, put YN and it's like your name. Right, yeah. And then like people are like, oh my God, your name fan fiction is so cringy or whatever. Like that's <laughs> kind of what it felt like. <laughs> that's, that's really mean, but like yeah. that was it. And then the most developed character was Ryle. And I felt like that was so inappropriate because you, you've given the most to the abusive, like significant other in this book. So that... That was kind of it. And then you have Alyssa, who is Ral's sister. And the only thing we know about her is that she married Rich and doesn't have to work, but is choosing to work for Lily because she's bored. And you find out it's later because she's infertile. But then, surprise, she gets pregnant right away. Mm -hmm. So, like, everything you know about Alyssa is false. <laughs> <laughs> or completely vapid. And I was just so annoyed with the lack of characters. Yeah. And then the plot, like, I appreciate that she was trying to, like, reinvent parts of the romance genre. So she has, you know, she's trying to kind of spin it on its head. And I can appreciate that from a vantage point. But I just didn't like how it was done or handled at all. Especially because it is a very sensitive thing mm -hmm. to be writing about. And I just didn't feel like it was pushed farther. So, like, at many points, she just abandons harder top hard topics by easy plot devices. So an example of this, Lily is attempting to leave Ryle. And she just easily remembers Atlas's phone number because she, like, made herself remember it and rides off in his car to the hospital. And it was like, there was just a sheer abandonment of a more interesting plot point where Lily actually has to find her own way and she has to do something and have agency for herself in a moment of complete crisis, which is where a lot of women would be in that situation. Mm -hmm. I feel like they wouldn't necessarily have a knight in shining armor to come and save them. And I felt like that was really like why didn't we explore that it's also like she finds out again spoiler she finds out she's pregnant with this abusive man's child and at no point does she give a thought to like even like the teensiest tiniest thought to an abortion mm -hmm. or anything like that she's like oh i'm gonna have this baby mm -hmm. and like maybe i'll forgive him mm -hmm. and i just felt like that also wasn't realistic like i didn't necessarily want her to have an abortion but like i feel like the thought would at least cross yeah. your mind like if you're a good story writer 
you would have all those kind of things, like, at least thought about in your own head when you're writing it down. Yeah, and I didn't need it to be, like, super explored, but it could have even been, like, she didn't want to do that, Mm -hmm. and she acknowledged that, or something like that, or she... You know, there was a different reason why Atlas, like, saved her. It wasn't, like, that she had, like, memorized this phone number, which I was like, <laughs> I don't know the last time I memorized a phone number. Like, yeah. it was just, it felt really unrealistic. And then the last bit of the novel, like, I finished reading it, and I had read it on my phone, actually, and I almost threw it. <laughs> like, I've never been so mad because it just ends fine. And she drops her child off with Ryle, who abused her. Mm-hmm multiple times Mm -hmm. and goes and runs off with atlas Mm -hmm. and it was just like no yeah like there's so many more consequences to this plot that you wrote that you just decided not to explore and that was what really frustrated me um so i did not love this book yeah Uh, that's a good um critical analysis (laughs) of that book and i think because you had such a high not like a high expectation, but you I were, did. I did have a little bit of a high yeah. expectation. So like it was a little bit of a, like a disappointing because I knew so many people loved it. And mm-hmm. I thought at worst I would think it was average. Mm-hmm. And then I just really hated it. <laughs> yeah. I remember when you like texted me after you're like, I have lots to say about this. And you do. Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. I actually, I have more. It would be a book that would be weirdly interesting to do. And like, I don't know if we ever would, but like, it's one of those books where, like, there's enough to critique where I would critique it in, like, yeah. a book club setting. Like, let's talk about everything that we didn't like <laughs> or everything that's constructive criticism, like, even yeah. just that. Um, I will say Verity was not my favorite either, but it was much better. Like, I mm-hmm. felt like the characters actually had a little bit more substance and stuff like that. And, like, so if you're looking for, like, faster reads from Colleen Hoover, like, that's not a terrible one. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of uh, sex scenes. So yeah. if that's not your deal... Well, Colleen Hoover shouldn't be on your list if that's not your deal either. Like, it's very, like, a lot of that. All right. So, did you have any other final kind of thoughts, books you wanted to throw out there? I don't think so. I kind of got all the books that I personally would recommend or not recommend. Yeah, I think I want to kind of throw an honorable mention to Iron Widow. Oh, yeah. By Jiren Shei Zhao. Which didn't make my list just for technical reasons. Yeah. But they did a tremendous job with that book. Uh, and The Ones Were Meant to Find by Joan Key. Yeah. Which See, I, didn't I feel read like that one this year, so I couldn't include it or else yeah, I would. So that was on my list. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, like anything I give four stars and over to, I do recommend. Mm-hmm. Um, I same. I kind of recommend with some with like an asterisk or like don't go into expecting like great writing or something like that. But like, it's the ones that hit under that where I'm like, ooh, maybe not. Mm-hmm. And then anything under three is like a, I wouldn't recommend yeah. for X, Y, Z. Yeah. And it, it is so subjective too. Like, you know, on my yeah. list, We Were Liars is like, it wasn't my five star, but it's my top recommended for sure. It's like yeah. everyone who wants a book recommendation, I'm going to say that one. I, I feel like this is an important thing to discuss too. Yeah. I feel like people, when they give five star like, a five-star to me, and I broke my own rule, because I said <laughs> I said there was plot holes in the one. I said yeah. there was something to critique, but I had to give it five stars because I loved it that much. But I do feel like, like saying it's not five stars doesn't mean I hated it. Mm-hmm. But also, like, it kind of meant that it was a little bit immaculate. Yeah. In yeah. some way, shape, or form. Yeah, there's something that I really loved about it. I yeah. just, yeah. And it's like, I've read reviews on We Were Liars and other books that were like, one or two stars and I was like excuse me like you don't have taste you don't have <laughs> I'm taste. not gonna take that's this how I, I found somebody who really doesn't like John Green yeah and I was like one I felt like it wasn't like constructive or like critical analysis it was like I fucking hate John Green he's yeah. a loser and I was like that's just me. like you're just bullying yeah. him like I know he's a grown man and like he's gonna be fine but, but also like yeah. You're kind of just picking on him for no reason. But also, like, the critique, I was like, that's not really what happened in that book. Mm-hmm. And I was also like, did you read it? Like, then I started getting, like, snarky in my own head. And I was like, I need to, like, go away. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Like, people are allowed to not like him. And that's fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, people can not like books. And other people but you can not like something about a book and still think it was a great read yeah, as well. Exactly. Which is where, like, when people say, like, do you have a book recommendation? I'm like, yes, but. Yeah. 
or yes and like yeah. these things with it and then also that might be what they love about that book too so yeah absolutely different maybe the simplicity in which colleen hoover talks about um domestic violence in it ends with us is what people appreciate about that yeah and if that's the case that's totally fine mm-hmm. I wanted it to go a little bit deeper, but that doesn't mean it had to. Yeah. It's just that's what I would have loved to see because I think it could have been something else. And that's a good point. All right. We do need to draw our next topic, ma'am. We've so done this in a while. Excited. We haven't. It's been like one podcast. <laughs> For me, it's been forever. <laughs> All right. Books you have read that weren't mainstream and don't think anyone else has read but wish they would. This is, like, my dream topic. No, <laughs> I, I am so excited. I have a bunch of books that I want people to read. Like, oh, my God, you're going to have to tell me to calm down. <laughs> or we're going to need to, like, pick a number. We need a limit of how many books you specifically can talk yeah, about. Yeah, like, Marissa, if you come with more, cut me under. Be like, yeah. you, can t- you can talk about three, but you meant five. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I'm going to come with six. <laughs> um, so that's great. I, I really like that one. Uh, we don't have anyone who attribute this to, which means no. it's probably your I question. I think I came up with that one. Which is awesome. Yay. Uh, unpopular or not popular or not mainstream books that we loved and we want people to read. That is such a fun topic. I'm excited for that one. We will have that one for you soon. Any final thoughts today? No, it's good to kind of go over what we read before and remember yeah. it. I, I feel it. like I feel refreshed. I feel very yeah. excited for the second half of the year yeah. and the books I read there. And um, if you're if you agree with us or disagreed with us, go and tell us on Instagram. Please be nice about it, though. We promise to be nice <laughs> as well. Uh, yeah. And let us know if you actually end up reading any of the books we recommended, because we love hearing about that, too. Mm-hmm. That's like my that, favorite. That part. is the best part. Yeah, so other than that, uh, we do have an Instagram account where you can send us a DM if you want your topic in our book jar. It is the book jar pod on Insta. Other than that, we will be back soon with another podcast. And until then, keep reading. Have fun. Uh, Bye. Bye.